Podcasting from the Star Group, home of the iconic Dressable Lions. This is Beyond the Known, the podcast that takes you a step beyond what you know about business. I'm your host, Paul M. Newberger, president of the Star Group. On today's episode of Beyond the Known, our one-year anniversary episode, might I add, our guest is Nick Starr, Director of Agency Advancement and Commercial Insurance Architect right here at the Star Group. Nick, wonderful to have you. Great to be on the show. So what do you think it means that this is the one-year anniversary and you're the guest? Oh, man. Couldn't be more excited. But you guys know how to pick them. We sure do. <laughs> Only the best for the one-year anniversary. And boy, hard to believe it's been a full year since we've been doing this podcast. Nick, over the course of the last year, what have your thoughts on the podcast been? As you've seen this evolve, I know you've had some of your clients on the program and we've had some really good conversations. What are your thoughts on how the last year has been with respect to this endeavor? Absolutely. I think it's been an absolutely great venue for people to share their story, share who they are, share, you know, a bit about their organization in a different light on a different page. You know, this last year, everyone's gotten so inundated with emails and phone calls. It's just a different stage to be able to come on and again, share your story. It's been great for us to get to know our clients on a different level, because when you have them in here and it's that one-on-one -on -one environment, you just don't get that, you know, when you're meeting with them, obviously the, the, standard conversation is more insurance and you know financial risk management related you don't get their full backstory all the time so it's really a nice opportunity to dig in you know learn about who they are what they you know how they started their organization why they're passionate about it and it's a great way to get to know organizations that you know aren't clients as well everyone's looking for an opportunity to share their story and promote their organization and we obviously, we love doing that. You know, we love helping our clients and just organizations that we're passionate about as well, you know, come to this table and be able to, you know, get their, their voice heard on so many different levels. Now, this might be asking you to like pick between your children, so to speak. Hate to put you on the spot, but you know, you're on the hot seat now, brother. That's what we do. Of all the episodes that we've done over this past year, which one's been your favorite? Oh, wow. Well, this one. <laughs> Obviously. Gosh, we're three minutes yeah, yeah, in. It's yeah. already your I favorite. I love it. I love it. That's tough. I really liked, we had Jim McCabe, CEO of Milwaukee Brewing Company. And even though, again, we've had guests with fantastic stories, that one resonated well with me because I've always been such a lover of the third ward and just the development of Milwaukee. And Jim McCabe and Milwaukee Brewing Company, you know, they were one of the kind of the founders in the the resurgence of that area. You know, he took a chance, you know, opening up the Ale House and the Third Ward when I considered it to be Gotham City, right? It was abandoned buildings and, you know, you wouldn't go there. And now they've established, you know, a pretty significant brand name, a new brewery. They still have their success at the Ale House. But it was just very interesting to hear his story and the maturation of that organization and the Third Ward at the same time. So that was fun. And then this one is going to be a close second. Close second, one. yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Well, and he and Kyle brought beer in, so, I mean, it's... Hard to top that. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I know exactly what you mean. That was a fun episode, a little speech slurring, but outside of that, you know, we'll, we'll move on. <laughs> but one of, you hit an, on an operative word here, Nick, and that word is story. I know this agency is not just an agency for you. This has been in your family for a long time. You literally grew up 
in this agency. And I was hoping that I've heard your story a bunch of times. I never get sick of it. I mean, this is in your blood for sure. But for our listeners here today, talk to us a little bit about that. What was it like growing up at the Star Group? (laughs) Yeah, where to start? It's filled with highs and lows. So his third generation, Star Group started in 1956. They built the building in the 70s. And, you know, we were here constantly. You know, we had obviously grandfather, grandmother, mother, father, three aunts, three uncles at one time. So you can imagine that any family gathering, family outing, we were discussing one thing, and that was the star group. In addition, when the building first started, we didn't, I don't think we had janitorial or anything like that. That was us. We came here, we did all the cleaning, we would, you know, scale the the outside property for trash. In addition, my parents were, you know, workaholics. (laughs) They were always here, and therefore we were too. So they'd be in here on a Saturday working their tail off, and, you know, they'd pick my brother and I up from karate, and rather than going home, we'd come here. And, of course, it was the same thing. It was always, hey, half an hour. We're going to just quick half an hour. i got to run and take care of a few things. Three, four hours later, we're still here. So you have to imagine we got very creative in the games that we would develop while running the hallways of this building. You know, we got to know every nook and cranny. I think some of the employees at the time were a little miffed because they'd come in on Monday and some of their stuff was moved around. Highlighters, you know, posted notes, things like that. And then, of course, we found this candy drawer, which back in the day was, (laughs) you know, that's just the way things were. But there was this massive drawer that was always somehow restocked, you know, a mountain of candy. So... That was one of the benefits of coming here when you were young. But bottom line is, you know, I started to see as I grew up and matured the culture of the organization, who they were, what they stood for, you know, and as I got older, you know, I started to see the the respect that my parents had from not only their peers, but running into their clients. And I knew that this was something special. Again, of course, you don't really understand what that means or what that is when you're young. You know, again, it was just coming to the office, running around, but it was really, really great to see i'm going to use this word again the maturation (laughs) apparently that's my word of the day it's probably not going to be the last time i use it so do you want me to scream every time i hear that now (laughs) yeah 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 (laughs) but that's when you know my interest started to peak you know i didn't know all the ins and outs of insurance risk management but i saw who they were the organization how much the employees loved working here and just the growth you know i saw them grow since day one and i knew i wanted to be a part of that you know so I fortunately have been in a position where I'm very close with my parents. They're great. And I say fortunately because not every kid has that relationship with their parents. They don't necessarily want it or they just don't have it. Not only do I have it, but I also want it. I enjoy it. You know, they're the type of people that I can be around and have a great time. So having done that, you know, I was exposed to them, you know, talking with their clients, being there to help them, and just doing things differently. You know, I I started to see that they were very different from the brethren, from some of our competitors and just other organizations in general. So again, I wanted to be a part of that. So I weirdly was one of the few kids that went to school knowing that I was going to get involved in the insurance industry. It's very rare. Yeah, I know. I'm going to take a page out of your book and say maybe I was dropped a lot on my head as a kid. Possibly. (laughs) Possibly. Well, certainly rare. 
you don't see too many third graders running around talking about personal risk consulting or management, but I think that's been a blessing to this organization. It's, it's our gain for sure. We're obviously benefiting from your influence every single day. You had kind of talked about this a little bit, but this exposure to this organization, the exposure to this industry, you having such a close relationship with, to your use your words, workaholic parents, it must have really helped form you into the person you are today, especially during those really formative years. What would you say, Nick, are two or three of the biggest lessons you learned during that time that you kind of carry with you today? Yeah, and I do want to correct one thing, otherwise I know my mother's going to yell at me. Workaholics, they always had time for us. I just want to throw that in there. So they liked being here, they liked working, but they always made time for us. They are wonderful parents. <laughs> yes, they are. Yeah, so I'd say always grow always look to grow. You know, I learned that lesson, well, from both of them, but, you know, my dad's very unique in that he's a student of knowledge. You know, it's easy to get into an industry and get to a comfort level and just say, okay, you know, I, I know enough to be dangerous. Now he's always looking to grow and he's lethal in that regard. Again, I remember sitting at Bucks games and he's reading insurance journals and newspapers while we're in the fifth row. I had to smack him up a few times and say, dude, it's embarrassing. Stop. People are pointing at us. But that's just a testament to who he is. He's always learning and uh, hence the lesson, always grow. Oh, man, what else? Yeah, I think patience. You know, patience is another really important lesson. You know, my mom's been a huge proponent of that. And just patience to see how things grow. You know, things don't happen overnight. And although many times we want them to, we have to wait and see. We have to put in the work and wait for things to, are you ready? I'm ready. Get to their level of maturation. <laughs> Good one. Yeah, yep. You know, another is you have to love what you do. You have to be passionate about it. And it's, it is really easy. Again, people are going to think I'm crazy, but it's easy to be passionate about this industry because a, we've got such a great organization with great people. So coming in and being around, you know, the people that we, we have at star group, it's fantastic. Again, the culture is amazing. But helping clients, you know, there's been so many situations where we've helped clients in, you know, very tough spots where they've had some considerable losses, you know, right away they're worried about, you know, how the heck are we going to get through this? And, you know, we come through, we come through and we're able to assist and, you know, get them back to where they were prior to the loss and keep their businesses moving forward. And that's a great feeling. You know, it's a great feeling to see them on the back end of that, you know, smile on their face and they just get, you know, get right back to what they were doing. So there's there's so many lessons. It's it's really hard to pick just three. I could probably talk all day about it, but I look at myself from even just 10 years ago when I first joined the agency to where I'm at now and how much I've learned along the way and how that's shaped me. So the insurance industry is full of life lessons. So Nick, one of the things that you might agree with, I've certainly seen this from afar based on some of the organizations that I've been familiar with over the years, but one of the things I think you run into sometimes with family businesses is entitlement, where my mom and my dad own the company, therefore it's just assumed I'm going to run the company, or it's just assumed that I'm going to get the plum post, or it's just assumed that I'm going to make a lot of money because my last name is the name that's on the external facade of the building. That's not the way it works here at the Star Group. Entitlement and Star, I don't think have ever been uttered in the same sentence before. So you are where you are today because you've earned it, because you've had to work your way up. Can you talk about that for a minute or two? Yeah, I'd love to. Yeah, I had to earn it. I know the third generation statistic has always stuck with me because it was, I don't know what it is today, but it was something 
outrageous, like 90 to 95% of third generations fail. I was introduced to that statistic, I believe, in high school. And it was around high school that I started to realize that this was the direction that I wanted to go. So that statistic set in and sat with me basically throughout all of high school, throughout all of college, a few years after college. And although I knew I wanted to do this, I knew the timing had to be right. And when the timing was or came that I need to go into this and say, okay, you know, I'm going to do this differently. I'm going to make sure that I'm not part of that statistic. I don't want any entitlement whatsoever. And I'd like to think that I came in with that attitude. I started in the personal lines department, which is, you know, your standard auto home umbrella, you know, down in the corner of the first floor in the back room in the small cubicle. And nothing was handed to me in that capacity. They, they approached me and said, hey, do you think you're ready to get in? You know, we're, we're, we have an opening in personal lines. And, you know, I had to sit on that. I said, I knew I wanted to do this, but yeah, you know what? Let's go. Let's rock and roll. And my success was derived from my sales, my ability to sell. There was no other benchmark. And I knew that coming in. So I knew that if I wasn't going to be able to cut it, then this probably wasn't the direction that I wanted to go. At the same time, I did I actually appreciate that, you know, my value to the organization, you know, uh, for the first 10 years is my ability to produce. So I was able to show that this wasn't just, hey, I'm the third generation, I'm owed this, this is mine. That was never my attitude. You know, I you know, approached it as a true peer where I learned from the others in the organization and still do to this day. You know, I never take the position of I know everything. It's I learn day by day. So it was fun. I started, yeah, 10 years ago, actually coming up this June is going to be my 10-year, official 10-year anniversary of joining the Star Group and started in the personal lines and grew in the personal lines, had a lot of success in personal lines. I really, again, enjoyed doing that. But then around the five, six-year mark is when I started to heavily transition into the commercial space, which was always my idea. But also a great roadmap because I was able to see both of those worlds, which is going to help moving forward. You know, I'm able to be involved in the conversations and the growth of the personal lines department in addition to the commercial lines. And not a lot of producers necessarily do that. They either come in as a personal lines producer or a commercial lines producer. So I was able to evolve within both. And now in the commercial line space, we're having a lot of success there too. You know, again, I'm, I'm clearly passionate about it. Um, very excited about what's to come. And, and still, my value is based on how I sell. And again, I enjoy that because I can never rest my hat on the entitlement hook. I always have to continue to show that value and always drive. And, and of course, there's pressure there too, right? There's the pressure of we have other producers and we've got good other producers. You know, so I, there's always that pressure of being in the mix and, you know, being one of the top dogs and it's a fun camaraderie, but at the same time, always learning, always more to learn. And I'm always going to take that approach. There's, there's never going to be an end to that. So one of the things that I appreciate, you know, being associated with this organization and working as closely with you and the rest of the team as I do is you have a lot of credibility in this industry, not only growing up in the industry, not only being third generation, but a number of your clients are family owned businesses and you know what it's like to be a part of a family owned business. Can you talk to that a little bit? What are some of the challenges that family owned businesses face? Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, of course there's the obvious challenges where you just don't see eye to eye on everything, you know, at times. 
And it's also that work-life balance, right? You've got that life balance where you're seeing these, you know, you're seeing your family outside of work in a social setting. And then you're also seeing them, you know, in the business setting. And it's really important that you keep that separate. And I give my parents a lot of credit because, you know, considering they share a wall, they've really been very good at keeping that work-life balance where they don't bring that home with them. Granted, we have conversations about it, but it never, you know, gets heated. If there's any energy, it stays here. You know, there's a time and a place for it. And I think that's really important for every family business. You have to draw the line. You don't always have to be around your family. You know, sometimes you need a breather for sure. But when you're, you know, in the office, keep it work-related. When you're out of the office, you know, draw that line and don't bring that, that work home. You know, that's time for you and your family to enjoy one another's, you know, company and, and have fun. I think having a succession plan, you know, that's something we've, we've obviously been talking about for years and years and years. And just this last year, you know, we made the transition that we did, but we talked about it. This wasn't sudden. It wasn't abrupt. And I think that's really important for family businesses too, to have scheduled plan, a roadmap, if you will, to say, this is when we're going to do it. This is how we're going to do it. This is what it's going to look like. And so many businesses struggle with succession. And I know this, you know, I'm part of a few associations, FBLP, which is a family business legacy association. And this is probably the most discussed topic because it's one of the topics that just have so many questions about it. Because every organization is different in terms of how they're going to approach it. But the bottom line is to make sure that you've got a plan that's going to be best for all generations involved and have all generations involved involved in creating it too. It can't be one-sided. Lots of good points there, for sure. One of the things that I want to hit on that you were just kind of talking about here is 2020 was an interesting year for the Star Group not just because of the pandemic, not just because of COVID, but this was a year of a lot of activity for us as an agency. And I would say also to some degree, some change, not good, not bad, just change. So I was hoping you could speak to that a little bit about what took place in 2020, including not the least of which we have another star under this roof, don't we? We do, yeah. Shout out to Ben Starr who recently joined up. My older brother actually, He's always been involved to some extent too, you know, growing up, he was, you know, he was the guy I ran the hallways with, so he knows the business just as much as I do, but lived in Chicago, moved back to Milwaukee and decided he's going to join up, so we couldn't be more excited about having another star on the account management side and, and you know, having another, another name in the business, so. But going back to your point regarding our change in 2020, yeah, we made a considerable change, and it was a change that we had talked about for some time. I like to point out that the change also happened during a year of a pandemic. It was not the result of the pandemic. This is, again, something that was well calculated, and it was our transition to Acrisure. And we are now an Acrisure partner, and by all means, you know, I think in some eyes, people you know, right away jump to the conclusion that, okay, you guys sold. That couldn't be further from what actually took place. We bought into Acrisure. Acrisure is an, an organization that's owned, I believe it's 91% by the agency owners. So we are actually the decision makers. We're in the driving, the, the driver's seat. But the reason we bought into Acrisure and they and us is to expand the resources that we have to make available to our clients and internally as well. And there are so many resources that Acrisure brings to the table for us. But at the same time, we were very particular and adamant about an organization like Acrisure because we maintain our full autonomy. And that 
was the most important factor in making this decision was an organization that was going to allow us to continue to do what we do and be who we are. So literally, our name stays the same. All the decision-making stays the same. We're still a family-run organization. We get the best of both worlds is really what it comes down to. We now pack the punch of essentially the third largest independent agency in the U.S. while we still maintain that service-oriented boutique agency that's made us so popular. Again, typically in the agency world, it's one or the other. It's very hard to find someone in that middle ground. That's us. So again, the resources we have available, expansive. A lot of exciting times to be associated with the Star Group, that's for sure. Now, granted, your runway is a lot longer than mine. I've been blessed to be a part of this organization for about three and a half years. So you can look back further at maybe similar times or similar opportunities, growth spurts, whatever, which kind of leads me into this question for sure. Now, I'm not saying anything here that people don't already know. Most family businesses don't succeed. Or maybe they will. And I, I think you like to share a lot about third generation, where it really starts to fall off the cliff sometimes, historically speaking, with third generation. But in, a, in an environment where it's hard to start a business, where it's hard to succeed long term, where it's hard to continue to grow, the Star Group has done just that. I mean, we're not, we haven't just been a growing organization, we've been a thriving organization. So Nick, as a guy that's had a front row seat to all of this over the years, what would you say has been the secret to the Star Group's success? And what can some of our business owners listening to this in the audience learn from that? Yeah, I would say it, two variables, differentiation and culture. And I know differentiation is a highly used buzzword. So for lack of a better word, differentiation, but it's looking at what our competitors are doing and doing something differently. It's bringing to the table to our clients and prospects something unique, something that they have not seen before. And part of that is just that the always growing, that the knowledge factor, knowing our industry inside and out, but also expanding on opportunities. You know, we're not just sitting and waiting for our carriers to come to the table and say, hey, we've got this. We're taking the first step in saying, what can we do? You know, what can we build? You know, which has led us to some really unique stuff. You know, the captive program that returns 10 to 50% is a massive answer for, you know, property owners right now. You know, we're working on our own workers' compensation program. We work with very efficient TPAs that, again, do things differently. We offer our clients risk reduction services to help with other avenues of their business. So when they work with us, it's not just an insurance relationship. It truly is a full-on risk management and then some. You know, we're taking a proactive approach rather than you know, being reactive, which unfortunately is really the case in our industry. So many agencies have become transactional and we don't ever want to become that. We want to be proactive. We want to be on the front lines with our clients. And that's not only being adaptive in terms of the resources that we provide them, but it's always looking for new programs, new benefits, new options that we can bring to really excel and help streamline and reduce legwork efficiency on their end. I'm sorry, increase legwork efficiencies on their end. But the other variable that I mentioned, culture. You know, it has to happen from within, right? If it's not a good culture within the organization, then you don't get to anything else, right? It ends there. When people are unhappy, when employees are unhappy, when workers are unhappy, the wheels just stop. And again, I have to give credit Mary Starr, the culture queen, but everyone else in our organization does such an amazing job at promoting culture. 
optimism, uh, togetherness, which leads to, again, efficiency and people wanting to be here, people wanting to work at the Star Group. You know, we just had a little basketball tournament yesterday, just little fun things that we do. You know, we do work Olympics, and that all leads to culture. Wellness, culture, it's just, it's so important to have a healthy organizational culture for everything else to exist, everything else to keep moving, everything else to keep growing. Yeah, well said. And you talk about evolution. So the agency in 2020 evolved to some degree. You, you mentioned AcroSure and some of the new resources that we have there. And we've got a lot of muscle to flex now, which is very exciting. And we're already starting to see the value we can bring to our clients and prospects as a result of that. I would also, though, say, Nick, to some degree, you've gone through a bit of a evolution on your side. And I mean this obviously in a good way. I don't think you can throw a stone in downtown Milwaukee and not hit a restaurant that knows you or has worked with you or has been blessed by you in some way. The niche of hospitality has long been your, pun intended, bread and butter. And I think you've pretty much reinvented the hospitality space with terms of insurance and risk reduction. But during the COVID pandemic, obviously, hospitality took it on the chin a little bit. And in addition to being there for your clients and being there for the industry, you started to evolve a little bit more too. And you're working with a variety of organizations now, bringing them a ton of value. Can you explain what that's looked like on your side and maybe the types of opportunities, the types of organizations you get really excited about working with? Yeah, absolutely. Well, hospitality was an easy one for me because it's something I've always been very passionate about. I just get excited about the creativity of these restaurateurs, especially having lived and growing up in the downtown Milwaukee Third Ward area. You know, I've literally seen a substantial transition where, you know, there was one or two and now there's one, two on every block. So again, that's something I've always been passionate about. So that was an easy bridge for me to really start getting into the commercial space of what we do because you have to have passion, right? And, you know, I loved getting to know the owner and hearing what they're doing and just seeing the different concepts. It's amazing. I mean, these guys are some of the most creative people I've ever met in my life. And yeah, to your point that the pandemic was probably the most difficult on hospitality, but they are resilient. Again, just some of the pivoting that I saw happen was impressive. And I give those guys a ton of credit. And that's one of the reasons that they're all still open. You know, none of them, as far as the, you know, individuals that I work with, and, you know, I, uh, fortunately that's not the case with every organization out there. But yeah, so, but yes, obviously I've always been passionate about hospitality, but there's other organizations that we've built and have, you know, very tenured history of helping, you know, manufacturing, distribution, commercial real estate, real estate in general. You know, really, there's very few organizations that we can't help because we're very adaptive in that sense. And with our partner with AcroSure, we basically have representation of every heavy-hitting carrier in the industry. So it really just comes down to understanding the organization, and that, again, is something we're very good at. So when we enter, sure, we have a general idea of, of the important factors that we need to be bringing to the table, but it, you sit, you listen, and you learn. And by doing that, you can then build a program around that individual and that organization and tailor it to what they need. And that's one of the unique things about the Star Group and the influence that Tim Starr has had is that we're deep. You know, we look at financials, we look at leases, we look at contracts. So again, literally, we can sit down and, and really dig into any organization. So 
we don't limit ourselves because we do truly have something unique and an answer to basically any and every organization out there. And with our uh, AccraSure partnership, we have the ability to collaborate with other agencies as well. So if there is some particular risk that we just don't typically consider ourselves to be a specialist or a piece of a risk, we can collaborate with another agency that solely focuses on that and really bring the best of both worlds. There's ample synergy, I would say, between the two of us. One, you had said that you are a patient guy and you got that from your mom. I would have to agree because anybody that shares a wall with me has to be extremely patient. So I would certainly agree with that. But I think one of the other synergies that we possess is we both put a lot of emphasis on the word value. And I see you not just saying that every day, but living that every day. That's why so many people like working with you. That's why you have so many satisfied clients. That's why you write so many large opportunities because if people want insurance, they can go anywhere. If people want risk reduction, they can go anywhere. But to get what you offer is rare because you put so much emphasis on that word value. So Nick, what does the word value mean to you? And how do you offer that on an ongoing basis to the people that have put their trust in you? Yeah, that's a great question. Value to me, you know, obviously it's bringing a program that's going to be all encompassing to my clients to ensure that if something happens, they're going to be indemnified. They're going to be able to get right back to business the next day. And it's not just providing them that program, but it's being there for them. It's being available. It's being accessible. It's getting them what they need. And it's something I take very, very seriously almost too seriously sometimes. It's the kind of thing that keeps me up at night, thinking and making sure that all aspects of an organization are going to be taken care of. In fact, when we brought in, I think it was Predictive Index, to take a look at using their program, they looked at my profile and they said, this is the Mother Teresa profile. And I'm not comparing myself to Mother Teresa. Let's make that clear right now. <laughs> and But I found that interesting because, you know, I did relate to some of that concept where it's it's, yeah, I'm constantly thinking about how can we do more for them? How can we be there more for them? How can we be there more for them than our competitors? So we do take that very seriously. And that's not just me. I mean, that's everyone within this organization. Everyone goes so deep to make sure that our clients are fully, fully satisfied on every single level. Not just getting a good program, but turn a quick turnaround time, making sure that someone's here to, to respond to their needs and help when they need it. And then value to me also is, is providing something unique, something different from our competitors. We touched on that briefly a few minutes ago, but we don't want to just walk in and slap something on the table that they've already seen. You know, we're knocking on doors because we've got something different. I'm not looking to, I should say, we are not looking to waste anyone's time by coming in and providing something that they already have. So value to me is providing something different, something that is going to drive their business and we continue to build that and focus on that as the industry evolves. Just like every industry, we need to evolve as well. So we want to evolve with our clients. And that to me is part of what makes you know, our value different. I know you don't have a crystal ball, but from your perspective, what does the future for the Star Group look like? I mean, you're third generation. Your parents are very actively involved right now, and it's a blessing to have them under this roof. Everybody enjoys working with them, and they're contributing mightily. But as your parents like to say, they're not going to be around in the agency forever. They've worked very, very hard. If anybody's deserved some R&R, it's certainly your parents. And obviously, this 
agency bears your name. And I know you take that extremely seriously. So as a current leader in the organization now, as one of the individuals that's going to be calling the shots predominantly down the road, what does the future of the agency look like? And uh, what are some of the visions you have that you'd like to see realized at some point? Yeah, another great question that uh, I definitely get excited talking about. I'm psyched, to, to put it simply, about what the potential is for the agency moving forward. I mean, we've got so many great cornerstones, foundational cornerstones that have led us to where we are now. And I see us growing exponentially over the next, you know, five, 10 plus, you know, of course, continuing on. But even just in the next five years, I see a massive outbringing in, in terms of what we can do. And that's, we've got, again, the right people in the right place. We've got this new relationship with Acrisure that's providing us with so many resources. And then going back to, we have these programs that are so unique and different from our competitors. And we're, you know, at a time when organizations are really looking for things like that. So I'm, again, excited. I, I think we're, we're growing. We're about to go through a growth phase because of what we can bring to the industry, because of who we are, because we have that unique position of that service-oriented boutique organization backed by the resources of the third largest independent agency in the U.S., growth. So I want to continue to grow. I want to continue to keep our values, you know, culture, wellness, all those great things, but just on a much larger scale. Yeah, well said, and it's going to be exciting to watch that vision start to come to fruition. We're already starting to see those seeds. We're already starting to see steps in that direction, and to watch all of this come come about, it's going to be really awesome. I mean, honestly, it's hard not to get a little nostalgic on a day like today. It's our one-year anniversary of doing this podcast, and of all the guests, don't let this go to your head, Nick Starr, but of all the guests that we could have had, I'm glad it's you. Because to have you talking about where we were as an agency and where we're going, to have you as one of the central figures of this organization present on a momentous day like today, one year doing a podcast, 52 episodes, is no small feat. And I really do appreciate you sharing your words of wisdom with us. And it's also exciting just to see the rapid growth here at Beyond the Known. I could go on and on about statistics. Producer Cheryl and producer Rachel know that I love me some statistics, but I mean, just in the last month, we've seen a 29% increase in the number of downloads. In the last 90 days, a 38% increase in the number of downloads. Beyond the Known is on the move. And if you're an organization that wants to be a part of that growth, let us know. As we head into this second year of this podcast, we are going to be offering up sponsorship opportunities, collaboration opportunities, marketing opportunities. You listen to what Nick said about the growth of this agency. Do you want to be a part of that? The growth of this podcast and all the eyes we're getting in front of and the people that are listening to this on an ongoing basis. Do you want to be a part of that? If so, consider sending us an email. Pretty simple. Marketing at star, S-T-A-R-R group. Dot com. Nick, it's been wonderful to have you in the studio, man. It seems like we're just getting going, but any final words for the audience on this special day, this one-year anniversary of the Beyond the Known podcast? Stay positive. The future is going to be bright. And also a testament to you, Paul, for putting the, the podcast together and our two producers, Rachel and Cheryl. You guys have all done an amazing job, and this wouldn't exist without you. So the, the success and the growth that we're seeing is because of you three. So thank you. Really appreciate that, Nick. Thank you for being here. And it's uh, an honor to serve with you, my friend. 
Thanks for listening to Beyond the Known with Paul M. Newberger. If you like our show and want to know more, check us out at stargroup.com. That's S-T-A-R-R-Group.com slash podcast. We're also available on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts.